Welcome to this week's episode of the Divine Lantern. With the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower, and enrich. I'm your host, Georgina, from the Nativity of the Theotokos Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales. In this week's episode, we'll be joined by Father Nabil Kashab, who will be providing a message from the Gospel according to St. Luke, where Christ speaks on the importance of mercy. This will be followed by short readings from our Philokalic Nourishment series, as well as a selected chanting track. We'll then conclude this week's episode with our series on the lives of the early church martyrs. But first, we would like to begin this week's episode with the morning prayer service or prayers upon awakening. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. O God, be gracious to me, a sinner. Glory to you, our God, glory to you. O heavenly King, comforter and spirit of truth, you who are in all places and fill all things, the treasury of blessings and the giver of life, come to dwell in us, cleanse us from every stain, and save our souls, O gracious one. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Holy God, holy mighty, holy immortal, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. All Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, cleanse us from our sins. Master, pardon our iniquities. Holy One, visit and heal our infirmities for your name's sake. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. As we arise from sleep, we fall down before you, O good one. And we cry to you with the hymn of the angels, O mighty one. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Having raised me from bed and from sleep, O Lord, enlighten my mind and my heart, and open my lips that I may praise you, O Holy Trinity. Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Both now and ever, and to the ages of ages. Amen. Suddenly the judge shall come and the deeds of each shall be laid bare. But let us cry out with fear in the midst of the night, Holy, holy, holy are you, O God. Through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. 
Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. As I rise from sleep, I thank you, O Holy Trinity, for because of your great goodness and long-suffering, you were not wroth with me, the slothful and sinner. Nor did you destroy me in my iniquities, but did show your wanted love for man. And when I was prostrate in despair, you did raise me to keep the morning watch and glorify your dominion. And now enlighten the eyes of my mind, open my mouth to meditate on your words and to understand your commandments, and to do your will, and to chant to you in heartfelt confession, and praise your all-holy name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and to the ages of ages. Amen. Glory be to you, O Almighty God and King, for in your divine and man-befriending providence you have deemed me, who am a sinner and unworthy, worthy to rise up from sleep and to enter your holy house. O Lord, receive the voice of my supplication as you receive that of your holy noetic powers and be well pleased that with a pure heart and in a spirit of humility praise be offered to you from my defiled lips so that I, with the radiant lamp of my soul, may also become a communicant with the wise virgins and glorify you, God the Word, glorified in the Father and the Spirit. Amen. O Christ, the true light, who does enlighten and sanctify every man who comes into the world, let the light of your countenance be signed upon us, that in it we may behold the unapproachable light, and guide our steps in the performance of your commandments by the intercessions of your all-immaculate Mother and of all your saints. Amen. Through the prayers of our Holy Fathers, O Lord Jesus Christ our God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Whatsoever he may do shall 
The reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke 6, 36 The Lord said, As you wish that man would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be, the, you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Today I would like to concentrate on the first and last verse of this important passage from Luke. These two verses are so profound and meaningful. In fact, one could elaborate on the word mercy by itself for hours and still do no justice to its deep spiritual meaning. This passage from Luke is part of the Beatitude. The contents every is very important as it makes us aware of the instruction given to us by Christ about loving our enemies. To assist us in our task, he stated the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. It is probable that the holy apostles would have found it difficult to put such a commandment into practice. Christ, therefore, who knows all things, takes the natural law of self-love as the arbiter of what anyone would wish to obtain from another. We know that virtue restores us to the form of God and imprints on our souls certain characters, as it were, of the supreme nature, as God writes upon our hearts the knowledge of his will. <clears throat> According to Hebrew 10.16, I quote, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. End of quote. So Christ is asking us to do what has already been implanted in us, on our heart. Certainly it is the divine grace that we receive at baptism that empowers us to achieve what seems to be impossible. Yet by God's grace, the impossible becomes possible even including loving our enemies. Beloved in Christ, we were created in God's image and likeness. The image of God within us moves us from what we are into what God is. The faithful person moves vertically towards God and horizontally towards man. To move vertically comes from personal relationship between God and man. It is a relationship that stems from the knowledge of God. 
According to John 17, 3, quote, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. End of quote. End of quote. To know God in our life is to live according to his teachings and ordinances. According to the prophet Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6, quote, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings, end of quote. The words of Christ in the gospel we just heard embodies our relationship with him and with our neighbor. The life of Christ in our life enjoins us to act according to the gospel. If you love me, you will keep my commandment. John 14, 5. The climax of our encounter with God manifests itself when we love our neighbor unconditionally, even our enemies. The power of God's image in the faithful person is obvious. When one becomes godlike, loving, doing good, enduring, caring, lending, expecting nothing back, these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit produced by the one who perseveres and conquers the selfishness that is embedded within. This victory leads the faithful person to move entirely, body, soul and spirit, according to the mind of Christ, to the great virtue of mercy. The great virtue of mercy is the great love of God who did send his only Son to redeem us and teach us the importance of being merciful. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Liturgically, the word mercy is one of the most repeated words in all of our services. Sometimes it is said three, twelve, or forty times, even hundred times consecutively. Certainly time does not permit now to elaborate as one should about this life-saving word. The word mercy is prevalent, is prevalent in our litany, especially the fervent supplication. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your great mercy. We pray, hear us and have mercy. We begin the penitential Psalm 50 by asking God for his mercy. The most important prayer in our Orthodox Church is the Jesus prayer, known as the prayer of the heart. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The monks on Mount Athos live on it. They pray it as they breathe. In all of our supplications, we seek the mercy of God. In turn, Christ is asking us to emulate our Heavenly Father by being merciful. We cannot pray for mercy without being willing to extend mercy to others. That is exactly the point of Jesus' parable about the two debtors, Matthew 18, 23, 35. Quote, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? End of quote. 
In the Lord's Prayer, we ask our Heavenly Father to forgive us as we forgive others. The mercy we ask for is the mercy we must give to others. The mercy of God is like the womb of a mother, spacious and loving. It contains, embraces and nourishes the embryo until it becomes a perfect baby created in God's image. The mercy of God brings us back to our pristine beauty. It restores in us God's image that was distorted. If we look at the Good Samaritan story in Luke 10, we discern that the true mercy is not related to family, friend, religion, color or race. It is an act of love to the one who is in need. Deed of mercy indeed. Many stories in the gospel describe where people approached Jesus seeking mercy. To name a few, the story of the Canaanite woman, the two blind men, the man whose son was possessed by an evil spirit, and many others. In Matthew 9.13, we read, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. End of quote. To be merciful, we must become neighbors to those who need us. We must assist them spontaneously and not wait for them to seek our help. Christ neighbored himself with us voluntarily in order to save us. He came down from heaven with such a great love and mercy to teach us the way to return to the bosom of the Father. St. Gregory of Nyssa said, You cannot build your house from the ceiling down. You must build it from the foundation up. He went on to say that the foundation is your neighbor. Our house is our heart. It is the house of virtues from which stems all goodness. End of quote. The psalmist put it this way. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build the labor in vain. Psalm 127.1 St. John Chrysostom says, even if we reach the summit of virtue, we are saved only by God's mercy. St. Paul accentuates this, spe this specific point in Ephesians 2, 4, 6. Having said all the above, we must discern that in order to achieve this blessed goal, we must deny ourselves, we must crucify our selfishness. In Galatians 2.19.20, where St. Paul said that he is crucified with Christ. What he meant that he is imitating Christ by loving others as Christ loved him. He is giving himself to others as Christ gave himself for him. What a great and honorable goal we must achieve. It is clear in Matthew 7, 12, where it says, To do so is the law and the prophet. The question we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to crucify our selfishness so we can lovingly fulfill the law of Christ? Are we willing to be humble and merciful? 
beloved in Christ, it is obvious that our ladder to ascend to heaven is our neighbor, whom we are called to love unconditionally. This is what makes us the Son of the Most High. I will conclude with the powerful words of St. Augustine who said, Come then, brethren, God has willed to be the Son of Man and willed men to be, the, be sons of God. He came down for our sakes. Let us ascend for his sake. Amen. Thank you, Father Nabil, for that inspiring message. And now a reading from the Philokalia. Take your weekly spiritual dose and reflect on the words of our holy Neptic Fathers with this week's Philokalic nourishment. Blessed is the intellect that during prayer is free from materiality and stripped of all possessions. Blessed is the intellect that has acquired complete freedom from sensations during prayer. Evagrios, the solitary. You should know that the body's sufferings belong to it by nature, inasmuch as it is corruptible and material. The disciplined soul must therefore gratefully show itself persevering and patient under such sufferings, and must not blame God for having created the body. Saint Anthony the Great The first step in the practice of the virtues is faith in Christ, its consummation, the love of Christ. Saint Thalassios the Libyan On October 3rd in the Holy Orthodox Church, we commemorate the Holy Hieromata Dionysios the Areopagite. He who said, Take up thy bed and walk to the paralytic, said, Take up thy head and run, O Dionysios. On the third, O Dionysios, you take your severed head and run. He is counted among the seventy lesser apostles. Dionysios was studying in Egypt when Lord Christ breathed his last on the cross, and the whole world was darkened for three hours. Then Dionysios cried out, Either God the Creator of the world is suffering, or the world is ending. Returning home to Athens, he married a woman called Damaris and had sons by her. He was a member of the highest court in Greece, the Areopagus, and was always thereafter known as the Areopagite. When the Apostle Paul preached the gospel in Athens, Dionysius was baptized with his whole household. When the Apostle Paul preached the gospel in Athens, Dionysius was baptized with his whole household. Paul consecrated Dionysius, the bishop of Athens, and he traveled widely with Paul, coming to know all the other apostles. He went especially to Jerusalem to see the Holy Mother of God and wrote of his meeting with her in one of his works, being present at her burial. After Paul suffered martyrdom, Dionysius went off to Gaul to preach the gospel among the barbarians, accompanied by Rustikos, a priest, and Eleutherios, a deacon, 
whom we also commemorate today. By their labours, many were turned to the Christian faith, and Dionysios built a small chapel in Paris where he celebrated divine service. When he was 90 years old, Dionysios was seized and tortured for Christ, together with Rustikos and Eleutherios. By their labours, many were turned to the Christian faith, and Dionysios built a small chapel in Paris, where he celebrated divine service. When he was 90 years old, Dionysios was seized and tortured for Christ, together with Rustikos and Eleutherios, until they were all beheaded in the year 96. His famous writings include On the Divine Names, On the Heavenly Hierarchies, On the Ecclesiastical Hierarchies, and The Mystical Theology. By the intercessions of thy saints, O Christ God, have mercy upon us. Amen. The following segment is a reading from the Lives of the Saints, or Synaxarion. We have chosen to continue our collection of readings on the lives of early church martyrs, of which we are thankful to bring a selected number of edifying accounts. We hope that these Synaxarions will empower you to put on the likeness of Christ, as did these witnesses and vessels of grace. On October 7th in the Holy Orthodox Church, we commemorate St. Sergius and Bacchus. Brazen as oxhides, Bacchus was forced to the oxhides, and with fire in his heart, Sergius went to the sword. On the seventh, Sergius was killed by the sword, Bacchus by oxhides. These saints lived during the reign of Emperor Maximian in the year 296, and both were from Old Rome. Sergius had been the Primacerius, or head of the school of Quintilius, and Bacchus was a second Assyrius, otherwise known as a secondary officiate. Unbeknown to the emperor at the time, the two lived as sacred Christians. Thus, they did not worship the pagan gods, which was considered a crime against the state. When those who had envied the ranks of Sergius and Bacchus discovered the two men did not honour the pagan gods, they were exposed to Emperor Maximian. Having been accused as Christians before the emperor, Sergius and Bacchus were brought before the imperial tribunal. The emperor, wanting to convince himself of the truth of the accusation, ordered Sergius and Bacchus to offer sacrifice to the idols. But they boldly confessed Christ before the tribunal. They replied that they honoured the one God and worshipped only him. Upon hearing this, Maximian commanded that the martyrs be stripped of the marks and insignia of their military ranks, their belts, gold pendants and rings. 
Then, in order to be put to shame, they were made to wear feminine clothing with iron chains around their necks. And with this appearance, they were made to parade in the midst of the marketplace, subject to the mocking of the people. Maximian then summoned Sergius and Bacchus to him again, and this time, in a friendly manner, advised them not to be swayed by Christian fables, but to worship the pagan gods. The saints again refuted the emperor's words and demonstrated the folly of worshipping the pagan gods. Astounded by the power of their divine words, Maximian sent them from Rome to go to the city of Euphratensis, to the duke of the east named Antiochus, to be tortured by him there, since he was known to be a cruel leader and a fierce hater of Christians. Antiochus had received his position with the help of Sergius and Bacchus. Thus, when they were brought before him, he said, My fathers and benefactors, have pity on yourselves and also on me. I do not want to condemn my benefactors to cruel tortures. The saints stood before him, and they were not overcome, neither by the flatteries, nor by the threats of the tyrant. Thus they said, For us life is Christ, and to die is gain. For this reason, the enraged Antiochus sent Sergius to a secured prison, while the blessed Bacchus was beaten mercilessly with raw oxhide. Having thus been beaten for a long time, Bacchus surrendered his soul to the Lord during this torment. Sergius was then removed from prison, and was tortured with various means. His feet were nailed into iron shoes, and with these he was forced to run. Then he was imprisoned again, and again, with iron shoes nailed to him, he was forced to run back to the place he came from. Finally, having endured these cruel tortures, Sergius was beheaded with the sword. In this way, the two received crowns of martyrdom. The Christians enshrined their honourable relics with honours in the same place the martyr Sergius was beheaded. Many years later, a temple was built in their name by some bishops. The Apolitikion of the feast reads as follows. Your martyrs, O Lord, in their courageous contest for you, received as the prize the crowns of incorruption and life from you, our immortal God. For since they possessed your strength, they cast down the tyrants and wholly destroyed the demon's strengthless presumption. O Christ God, by their prayers, save our souls since you are merciful. Through the intercessions of your saints, O Christ our God, have mercy upon us and save us. Amen. A big thank you to all our listeners as we conclude this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favourite podcast provider. For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. Until next week, God bless.